I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrace gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. And that is involved, including in our film, language you don't usually hear on television. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtun Millwall. Once welcome, twice welcome, thrice welcome to Zamba Road, Millwall versus Oldham. You are listening, dear listener, to Achtung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart. This is the number one podcast on the Mill scene. Welcome to today's final home game of the season, dear listener. Um, playoff football beckons for us. I'm, there is a, a scenario at the start of today's events where if Walsall lose, I think if um, Bradford lose, and if Gillingham win, there's a few ifs, then we're, there is still an outside chance of automatic promotion, but more probably we're playing for playoff to confirm playoff football today. Good crowd. Sunny day. Foolish looking den. Um, I reckon we're talking 11,000 or so. Personally, Colblo and the Docker stand are looking reasonably full. Today's team news, some good news. Uh, the return of Shane Ferguson to the starting 11. Um, still no place, unfortunately, in the squad for Lee Gregory. He's still down with this illness, stomach issue, whatever it might be, muscular, I don't know what he's got. He's not in the starting 11. He's not sitting on the bench today, dear listener. So today's starting 11, Jordan Archer across the back line. Uh, Marlon Romeo, Byron Webster, Mark Beavers and Joe Martin. Midfield, Ben Thompson, Jimmy Abdu, Chris Taylor and Shane Ferguson. Up front, Aidan O'Brien Steve Morrison. Sitting on the bench, we've got Ford, Edwards, Craig, Upson, Twardek, Onye Dimmer and Jamie Philpott. So Lions attacking the away end of the first half in their familiar blue and white. Oldham in all red today. Busy old day for me, listeners. I know that yeah, I'm not trying to play the sympathy card here, but busy old day for me selling the magazine outside. We sold out quite quickly today. I was actually in the ground 10 minutes before kickoff, which is unusual on, on first selling day. Um, we've shifted the lot. So big thank you to everyone that bought the magazine today. Um, with, of course, Jordan Archer. Our player of the season, our CBL player of the season and the official Millwall Supporters Club player of the season on the front cover. Well done to Jordan, I think he's a fantastic goalkeeper. Whether we'll keep him over the summertime's transfer uh, to and throwing, who knows? All that I ask of Millwall Football Clubs is if we do sell Jordan Archer, 
that we get some kind of um, loan back deal and we get top dollar for him. Top, top dollar. If you're listening, Andy Amber, that's what we want to see. Ben Thompson just taking a bit of a tumble in the midfield there. He's come out for the first minute. Too often in the past, our club has sold our talent too cheaply and that's what we want to see change. We've got a, a talented squad has produced a situation that few of us would have expected back at the start of the season. Player football, none of, none of us really, we would have settled for mid-table respectability, most of us, none of us would have thought about foot, uh, playoffs, but here we are, and we've, we've looked good. The squad, I think, has come to believe in itself as the season has gone along. But if we do come to sell some talent, then it's got to be at the correct price, a lot of money. Memory serves the Oldham away fixture was back in the winter time, January. Am I correct in saying that, listeners? That was also notable for the, the first appearance of Jed Wallace. On the wing, uh, that brief, um, brief but brilliant cameo from Jed Wallace. Um, long, grim trip up north for that one. Oldham, last end of nowhere. This is Morrison on the right-hand side. Wins a corner, three minutes, three and a half minutes. First mill corner of the game. So, yeah, Jed Wallace was his, was his opening appearance. Made a fantastic run across for the opening goal up there, if I'm remembering the correct match. I'm sure it was. So it's Taylor with the corner on the right-hand side. It's floated into the Oldham box. There's up Byron Webster. 1-0 Byron Webster. Headed goal from close range. Chris Taylor's cross. 1-0 to the Lions. Big burn. Then the ball come down to the den. Basic cross in. I'm just watching the replay. Into the centre of the uh, six-yard box. Byron Webster. As he's done quite a bit this season. Reaching the ball, heading in, close range, one deal to the Lions. Good start, good start. Ticket sales, I couldn't get a ticket for the uh, Gillingham game. Did you get one, listeners? I didn't get one. I got stuck in a, an endless loop of being stuck in a, an online queue. Archer fumbles the ball away there. It run, runs clear to the edge of the penalty. Oldham retain possession. This is the seven on the right-hand side as I look. And the Lions will clear. So, yeah, it was like a, like a, a modern-day version of purgatory where I'm stuck on the internet in a queue and I also rang because I wanted to get a ticket as you can appreciate and I got into an endless loop of Dino standing telling me that I'm in a, my, they're called it, my call is valuable to the club and um, I'm, I'm to wait and then it just all went it all died when they would have the ticket sold out so that's the modern day version of the medieval idea of purgatory a place neither heaven nor hell but like a waiting room whilst um, God judges you and your conduct your life whether you should deserve to go up or down and in purgatory Dino standing inhabits purgatory that's what I found when I, I rang in so I didn't get a ticket seven and a half minutes hold him on the attack ball into the middle moment there where the uh, onrushing midfield man had a moment to shoot but he hesitated and but Oldham retained possession as I'm talking to you passing the ball around the middle penalty there's a cross into the box taken comfortably enough by a genuine goalkeeper and prospect Jordan Archer player of the season worthy Worthy player of the season. Lee Gregory came in second. My vote went to Lee Gregory. I'll be absolutely honest. I'm up front. Transparency being my middle name. Strange middle name to have, but there it is. It's Nick Transparency Art. Third place, bizarrely, went to Ben Thompson. Now, this is where I'm going to take issue with all you Mill fans out there who voted for Ben Thompson. I understand that he's a prospect. I understand the boy is a talent. I understand he's one of our own. I get all that. But player of the season, he hasn't played the full season. Steve Morrison, who has played the full season, came in fourth. And I think that was harsh on Morrison for young Ben Thompson to be placed above him. As talented as the boy is, and his move just breaks down as I'm talking to you. So harsh on Morrison to come in fourth. I know there are some out there that don't love him very much for whatever reason. 
I think he's done brilliantly well this season for us, Steve Morrison. His experience up front, some of the finishing he've had recently when Gregory's been out of the game, has been top draw. So Harwin, I, I think he deserved better in fourth place. Atmosphere's good in here today, dear listener. Stakes are high. What a place, what a theatre of football the den is when the stakes are high. Where else would you want to watch your football? I can't think anywhere else. I was watching Leicester play, um, who they played the other night, they won, the game they won 1-0, almost clinching the championship, and they're all sitting there with silly plastic clappers, the whole crowd with plastic clappers to make what the commentator describes as a fantastic atmosphere. You want a fantastic atmosphere, you come down here. Dear Sky commentator, not that old plastic clapper pony. Can you imagine this place if we were on the brink of winning the Premier League? Wouldn't be no plastic clappers other than to be thrown at the opposition players in tight situations. That's what plastic clappers would be done with at the den, dear listener. You know it and I know it. I think the rest of the world knows it as well, actually. Fantastic bit of pressing work by Morrison. Forces almost an error from the defender back to the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper plays an inch-perfect ball. It had to be inch-perfect. They played their way out of trouble there, in all fairness to them. But it was fantastic pressing by Steve Morrison on the right wing there to force that situation, that moment, on 11 minutes. 16 minutes in, Mill leading it 1-0. Not a lot of possession for Oldham. We're sitting behind the ball in, in classic Mill style, away mode almost, I suppose you called it. That's been our, our style at home all season, to play away. Um, we're sitting behind the ball, defence mode. Oldham getting a huge amount of possession. We've just got to be a little bit on our game. Another ball forward that's going to be offside. Uh, they're passing the ball reasonably well. They don't look potentially very dangerous at the moment. Though I may be tempting fate, as is my want throughout my whole life. Uh, that's another subject for another podcast, the way I've tempted fate throughout my whole life, dear listeners. Morrison on the right-hand side now. In a tussle with that number five, shoulder to shoulder there. The five wins out on that occasion. Here's the five over on the right-hand side. Finds the uh, 16 in space. And Taylor intercepts. Nicely done. Here come the Lions. Here's Morrison on the break. He chips him from distance. Oh, my gosh! Beckham style from distance by Steve Morrison. Just over the crossbar. 19 minutes. Spectacular effort there by Steve Morrison. Real landmark effort. That, you, the kind of effort you want to have gone in. From inside our own half, on the halfway line, about a yard over the halfway line, he shoots from distance, and that was about a yard over the crossbar. Unlucky Steve Morrison. Halfway through the first half, Lions back on the attack, the shot there blocked by Chris Taylor. I do wins it back on the edge of the Oldham area. They will retain possession again, coming very much into the game now, the Lions. It's Joe Martin from distance, and hit the crossbar. Top of the crossbar. Joe Martin shot after all that. Floated down from, a, from the, the right side. Tip the top of the crossbar, went over the goal kick. Lions looking dangerous every time we come forwards at the moment, listeners. I can't remember the last time I've ever been able to say that in recent years. Every time we come forwards, we're looking dangerous, but that is so in this game at the moment. Shane Ferguson's going to take the free kick on the left hand side of the penalty area. Anticipation within the den. I'm old enough to remember those bars of chocolate with expectation, anticipation, the boys. Fries, chocolate, printing them. I am old enough to remember that, dear listener. Boy, with expectation, that's what we'd have at the moment. Cross into the mix, headed up and away. It's O'Brien can't outmuscle the defender, it's going to run clear. Old money attack here, yeah, the breakthrough in the defence, that's cleared nicely by Mark Beavers at the absolute death of that move. 32 and a half minutes, it's going to go for an Oldham corner. A momentary surge on the left hand side into the box, looked dangerous, cleared by Mark Beavers. A bunch of blokes coming, suited and tired in front of me. A bit like um, Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses, very strange, disconcerting. 
and surrounded by Stone Island and blokes. It's very weird. Suited and booted, like, like they're Jehovah's Witnesses. They're going to try and sell me the Book of Mormon in a minute, like what happened to me the other week in Woolworth Road. There seems to be a lot of them about at the moment. This here comes that corner. Headed clear. 34 minutes, old and back on the attack down the left-hand side. There's a ball into the box. It's cleared nicely enough by Mark Beavers. Falls to Ben Thompson. No one moving for him in front, though. And the move slightly breaks down. Hoofed forward by Marlon down and right. This is Aidan O'Brien over, overrunning. Beaten to the uh, the bounce by the Oldham defender now. 35 minutes approaches. It's 36 and a half minutes. Attacking throw. Let's call it an attacking throw. It gives it a more positive spin than just a throw-in. It's an attacking throw-in for Marlon Romeo. Over by the, Clint, the Kent Floor, the, the Kent Flooring Company, co.uk, Kent Flooring UK, co.uk, sign, carpet and flooring specialists, London's number one flooring company, kentflooringuk.co.uk, free advert there, that's what we're going to do on this show, we're going to read out the advertisements around the side of the ground, because I think they don't get enough coverage, these people put money into the club, and I'm going to read out their, their addresses on each show in future. On a whim, I've decided that's going to be a new theme for our, our show. 37 minutes, long ball forwards now. This is Beavers. Fires Steve Morrison. There's it down, almost sort out. Jimmy Abdu overrunning. Taylor wins the ball back on the right-hand side. Going to run out of play by the Beta Cars sign. About halfway inside the Oldham half. No, no details with Beta Cars. Minicab phone. But use them. Get on them. Look them up on the internet. Beta Cars. We'll pass the ball around with a little bit more precision than they did earlier on in the game. Here comes a four for Oldham. Ball into the mix there, it's going to be clear by Marlon. Ben Thompson in the midfield tussle. She wins. Marlon chips it forward, finds Steve Morris on the right-hand side, ball into the box. Aidan O'Brien back heels it, there's Shane Ferguson. The far post slams it in from close, 2-0. Nice move. Morrison's cross, critical. Back heel by Aidan O'Brien, touch of flair. Finds Shane Ferguson on the left-hand post, who slams it home for 2-0. Lions comfortably in front now. Let's watch it again on the big screen. Morrison's cross into the uh, near post. Oberon back heels it, trying to get it on target. It falls to uh, Ferguson on the far post. Slams it in for close. 2 0. Nice move. The Mormons are in passive in front of him. Passive. No reaction to that goal from the Mormons. Dancing in the docker stand, dear listeners. They're bobbing up and down. EIO, EIO. Super Neil breaks out and the cold blow lane ends. Denza buzz, Denza buzz. Lions sitting very, very comfortably at the moment. Headed through ball from Ben Thompson. Morrison finds uh, Taylor's shot on goals, probably just need a little bit more power taken in comfortably in, in, in the event by the yellow clad goalkeeper. Nice move again though, nice clip shot from Taylor. Maybe just wanted a little bit more oomph on that effort there. Steve Morrison taking on two Oldham defenders. Doesn't win the throw-in to the uh, derision, disagreement of the crowd over on the lower docker stand, East Lower. Two minutes extra time at the end of the first half, did listener. Here's Oldham on the attack, there's offside. <laughs> Just talking to the chap next to me, he reckons that the uh, Oldham put uh, one of their supporters club sides out instead of the first team 11. Um, one or two do look a little bit like it's the end of the season. Like they've been in the pie shop and the chip shop. Not enough uh, time on the training ground, perhaps. But anyway, we'll, we'll settle for the 2-0 lead that we've got over them at the moment. Whether it is the uh, Oldham Supporters Club side out there or not. The seven, seven's drawing particular attention. He does have a particularly fat arse, I've got to say, for a professional footballer. <clears throat> and a slightly tubby gait. 
Steve Rogers, there's the half. 2-0. Good half of football for the Lions. Um, sat back early after taking the lead early. We've, we've kept Oldham at bay for the half. They've passed the ball around with some, some precision. But no threat in front of goal. The Lions, as I said earlier on, do look dangerous each time they have to go on the attack. So that's a good, good half of football. Exactly what the situation demanded. Lions going at half-time, two goals ahead. Achtung, Mehlball. Some half-time tweets for you. Listen, is your favourite part of the show, isn't it? Especially if you get named and sh- named and mentioned. Not named and shamed, named and mentioned. Mark Trill says we're coasting so far, but Mark would like us to take it up a gear. Step it up a gear, he says. All of them are on the beach. Very true, they are on the beach, Mark. I, I think that... Um, they look, they look a side that are totally switched off. We need to press on and make this count. I think there is a chance to get a good, a good win under our belt today. Who knows what other, other results will do, but this is an opportunity for Millwall to press it home. Paul Green, formerly of the New Shopper, journalist, speculating about Charlton's demise into League One. Paul saying under the Belgian owners that they could easily fall into the fourth tier for the first time in their history. That wouldn't, who wants that? Come on, out there, who would want that? Really? You wouldn't want that, would you? Well, I would. But you do too. What was that? You do too. Okay. Quite a few of us do want children to fall into the fourth tier for the first time in their history. Lions Live Radio, half-time Lions 2-0 up and well in control. Grumpy McGrimace says, we're so in control in that half, you just know that the second half will be swindling away all over again. Grumpy, living up to his name there. Grumpy McGrimace has got like a, a minion-style avatar. Grumpy McGrimace. Picture of a gingerbread man in the old old man. I can't see them where I'm sitting, but apparently there is a, a, a depiction of a gingerbread man standing on the very back row of the old and away support. Um, not sure. That, there's no place in football for gingerbread men. I think that's probably the best I can say about that. And there is indeed a photo of a gingerbread man online right now. That's true. Now, we don't often do score checks from other grounds, but I'm um, going to do it today because it's all a bit relevant, isn't it? Um, Wigan Mullering at Blackpool, 4-0 at the moment. Um, the big game that we're looking at is Burton leading versus over Gillingham. Now, that, if, if that happens, that confirms that um, we won't be getting into any second positions and will be um, confirmed in the playoffs. But it also mean that Gillingham have to beat us next week if that remains so, and our game stays so. So they have to uh, beat us to have any hope of playoff football. Now, um, again, no one wants to see Gillingham miss out on the playoffs, do they? Do they? What? You do? You want to see Gillingham? Okay. Some do want to see Gillingham miss out in the playoffs. And as it is at the moment, they'll have to beat us to get that next week. Today's game is actually a double header after today's match is over. The Millwall Lionesses will be playing the Yeovil Lionesses. So they're asking, uh, the Lions Radio is asking for to stick around to watch the Lionesses after the game. Um, I'd love to, but uh, I feel I've got to go and wash my hair tonight. This is Millwall, hopefully be our guest on the show after the, uh, today's coverage is over. Says this is one of the most relaxed halves of football that he has seen in some time. In fact, it is so easy, it's boring. I don't mind being bored on this scale, listeners. And finally, David Lederkramer uh, mentions the player number seven. I think the chap next to me was um, digging out during the game, Lee Croft. Saying he's got a bit of timber on him. He does carry a bit of an arras on him, I've got to say. That's the number seven. Um, Portly, Portly, I think, is probably the best description we can give him. Um, David says, we couldn't have asked a better opposition. That Lee Croft has got a bit of timber on him. Timber, very true, very true. Some Millwall news while we're waiting at half-time. The Millwall youngsters sealed a place in the uh, development, the Professional Development League 2 playoff semi-finals. Goals from Kyron Farrell and Joseph Otudeko 
giving the Lions a 2-0 win at Ipswich on Monday afternoon. The Justin Skinner's under-21s will now go ahead and play Huddersfield in the finish top of the northern section for a place in the final, the playoff final in their league. That's excellent. Well, uh, well done to the under-21 development team. Uh, good to see that the Lions are now breeding a factory line of talent coming through for the future. Teams are out for the second half, dear listeners, as Hey Jude has switched off abruptly. And the cones are being picked up by the mill trainers. We're going to be ready to go any moment now for the second half. Oh, here we go. Lions attacking the cold blow lane in second half, leading it by 2-0. Coasting, as many have put it, in the first half. We need to coast only get a couple more, I reckon. Here comes Oldham down the right-hand side. Now, ball into the box. The five with a clear header. I just want to note that down in your collective notebooks. That five had a clear header there. Managed to get underneath it and put it up into the top tier of the away end. So that was a poorly executed chance, but the, I'm more concerned about the defensive error there that allowed him the chance and opportunity. But Oldham just playing the ball around outside. Our penalty has a little ball into the box. There's an opportunity. Fantastic reflex stop from by Jordan Archer from the 17 at close range. That should have been a goal. That should have been a goal. I'm going to watch it again on the replay now. Mill back down the other end of the pitch. It's a little chipped cross in from the 7. Nicely placed. It's flicked headed on. It falls to the, um, is it the 17. In close range and somehow Jordan Archer gets his knee to it and clears it. 48 minutes. Mill need to switch themselves on. Here come Oldham again. Ball falls over the top. This is the uh, 17 now. Shots over the bar. Archer screaming at his defence, and rightly so, rightly so. Slack defence work, that is, that is not good enough for Millwall. Yes, we're 2-0 ahead, yes, we're coasting. No uh, space to be switching off in, in this situation. The uh, 17 put the ball over the bar from a, a kind of an angled shot on the left-hand side of the penalty area there. Here comes Marlon. Takes on two defenders, goes past two defenders, wow. Still got the ball. Balls, he's still going, Marlon Romeo, fantastic run. Can he cross it? He can't get a sh the shot was from too tight an angle. Almost, almost a beautiful run into the box by Marlon Romeo. Just the audacity to take on man after man after man there. Probably just ran out of space. He, he was forced wide right and perhaps a percentage ball was arguably across the, the box towards Aidan O'Brien. But anyway, he took the shot on. Goalkeeper's left with actually quite a straightforward stop down low. Number seven, right down in front of us, he's drawing some comment. Ball, ball, there's hope for, for ball fat men everywhere, listeners. Croft, number seven. And he's got the, he's got the nerve to put it outside the, uh, the, the D of the uh, corner flag. The crowd ain't going to let him get away with that. Here comes the corner from Fatty. Ball back here, that's headed on weakly onto target. Jordan Archer screaming at the referee there. Not sure what for. Ferguson has the ball clipped away from him. This is Joe Martin, just on the, the Oldham half. Gets clattered and wins a free kick. 52 and a half minutes. Ferguson with a free kick deep into the box. That's headed up. There's Morrison. There's a goal. Back across the box. Who got that? That was Webster again. He's on a hat-trick. Deep cross. Headed back by Steve Morrison. Byron Webster's on the other end of it. Three to naught. Watch out the replay. Big cross. Morrison jumps high. back across the box and Byron. But the Byron dives forward and heads it. Two to Byron Webster now. He's on a hat trick. Abdu clips it inside. This is Taylor. Finds Ben Thompson central. 
Marlon overlaps. Here's Morrison. Nice one-two with Marlon. Can he get there? It'd have to be a greyhound to get that. Can't quite make it. And slams into the camping international sign at the cold blow lane end. I can't read anything about their details. It's too far away. But what a nice move by the Lions on 55 minutes. 58 minutes. Another Millwall corner. Another chance for Big Bird to go forward. Can he get the hat trick? Can he get the hat trick, dear listener? We want the hat trick for Byron Webster. 59 minutes. In comes that corner. It's low. Joe Martin. Oh, it's slammed over from uh, close range. Joe Martin couldn't quite get enough on it. It fell to Byron Webster, who blasted over the bar. That, was that his moment? Was that his moment? Webster, your shit, says the man next to me. <laughs> uh, that's the end of the seven. Two ripples of applause. <laughs> Going to get his dinner, is the, is the opinion all around me. <laughs> Going to get a burger. Mill substitution now. Fred's coming in. Who's coming out? It's going to be Ferguson coming out for Fred on your Denmark. Good round of applause for Shane Ferguson. Done well today. West Upper rises to give him a round of applause as he leads the pitch. Here's the 11 inside the Mill penalty area. Taking on Marlon and Byron. Couldn't get it past them both. The ball still bouncing around that six-yard box there. It's a little moment's hesitation, but Taylor's going to get it cleared on the left-hand side. So coming up to the last 17 of the of regular time. Mill have looked a little bit casual at times in defence today. Possibly that's infectious because of Oldham's clear preference. for It's an it's end-of-season fixture with nothing on it for them. We've looked a little bit casual at times. We have, by the same token, gone forwards and looked dangerous each time we've attacked. So um, it's a decisive win for the Lions. Presuming it stays this way by the end of the game. But there's, there's certainly criticisms that will be um, discussed, I think, on Monday morning. Training ground. The 11 on the edge of the middle. Back to goal. He plays it over, lapping to the 17. But Marlon's good enough to cut that out. <clears throat> He's going to go for the goal kick. Holden corner. 76 minutes. Over on the right-hand side of the middle end. Played it short. Has come back to the uh, 26. He's thrown across in. It's bouncing around. Opportunity's put it over the bar from point blank. Blimey, O'Reilly. Number nine blasted over when he, the ball bobbled through. Casual defending again from Millwall. Let's say it. Casual defending. Falls to the nine in front of goal. Puts it over the bar from point blank range when it was easier to put it into the net. We've, we've lived on our uh, on our luck and ridden our luck a little bit in the second half. The ball was poor defending. Actually, the ball was floated in. Um, the defence has let it drop and falls to number nine. Who's put it over the bar. Oh, wow. What a, what a miss. What a miss. That's incredible. Screwing a brothel, says the uh, the West Upper. Mormons are leaving, listeners. The Mormons are leaving. One of the most disconcerting sights at a football ground I've ever seen. Three blokes dressed in grey suits. Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, what were they? No one knows. Were they aliens amongst us, living amongst us, looking like us? Some gesturing going on. Fisticuff signs, and now uh, Larry Coration camp signs. I'm guessing there's someone reacting in the uh, the old end. Long way to come for a 3-0 whip loss, I've got to say. Younger listeners will wonder what I'm on about with Larry Grayson camp signs there. You, 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 if you even know it, you don't. I'm sorry. I'm not going to explain these jokes to your younger listeners. I, I might not have any younger listeners. I might have a whole listenership that knows exactly what I'm talking about. What do I know? Panicky ball back to the um, goalkeeper who hoofs it out of play. There's a bloke dressed as a zebra. I'm trying to see round a corner and see what's going on. 
there's a bloke looks like dressed as Fred Flintstone and uh, a bloke in a zebra kit I think I'm going to go back to my normal seat I can't be bothered with these shenanigans this is the inimitable muet of the den you're fat and you've lost your mate this is to the older end one bloke's got slung out the other bloke clearly disgruntled the high-vis stewards are surrounding the pitch as if to say, don't run on the pitch, lads. What do you think is going to happen, listeners? I know what I think is going to happen. thing is, when I look at most of these stewards, I mean, they're, they're, they're all worthy people. There's ladies down there. They're not going to stop anyone from running past them. This is all a show. Why, why, they're even surrounding the, um, the, the empty away end. I don't know what's... Maybe ghosts are going to run past them or something. I don't know. Game being played out there in a kind of a end-of-season kickabout mode. Phil Pot in for Taylor. 88 minutes, 89 minutes, seconds. 12,400. Decent crowd there, listeners. It's been a while since we've seen a crowd at that level up down the bend. Good applause for Chris Taylor. He's done well today. That's the final whistle. End of the game. Kids surge onto the pitch. Congratulate Jordan Archer. Surrounded Jordan Archer. There's a bumble going on the goal. They want to keep Archer away from that. I know it's all high spirit, high jinx. Mr. Byer for now has his annual moment of um, you know, panic. No, uh, there's Archer surrounded by a bunch of stewards now getting away. There was a little bit of a moment where the kids were crowding them in the goal. We don't want any um, injuries as a result of people running on the pitch, do we, dear listeners? 3-0 win. 3-0. Full-time score. Relaxed 3-0 win. Some good performances by the Lions there today. Byron, I want to pick out. Two-goal Byron. Solid defending Byron. Moments at times where we're a little bit casual, having said that in defence. Overall, however, we look good going forwards. That was a relaxed, convincing 3-0 win over a team that were clearly, clearly uh, minds elsewhere in Butlins or somewhere else. I don't know. Don't know where. As it is, we're going to leave you with um, scenes of uh, joyous fans on the pitch. People running around. Police line up to um, prevent any taunting of Oldham fans. It's no big deal at the moment. That's the end of the game. End of a good season at home. Um, who amongst us thought back at the start of the campaign that we would finish up in the playoff positions. We're going to close out there. I don't particularly uh, want to see kids running around the pitch, to be absolutely frank with you. We're going to close there. I'm going to be right back after these messages of Glenn from This Is Millwall. Achtung. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Mailbag. Big welcome back to the show to Glenn of This Is Millwall. Been a little while, Glenn, since we've had you on the show, mate. Yeah, probably the, probably the worst day you have me because I'm suffering with a hangover, but uh, <laughs> we'll muddle through. <laughs> I, I think you and a few other Millwall fans. Um, curious game yesterday. I don't know what your take on it was. I found it, a, I've written down on my notes here, a curious mixture of high tempo attacking play and quite relaxed defending at times. It was it was an odd mixture of, of the two, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it, for a game that was, you know we had to get a point to go to the playoffs. Everything felt very relaxed and yeah, we had all been sitting there in deck chairs, like watching the kids play football is what it felt like. It was a strange match. There was no pressure, you know, no one seemed to feel agitated or anything. It just, uh, we just sort of walked all over them and, and then said, sat back for a bit. So, <laughs> I mean, Oldham. I mean, Oldham. As, as a few posted on Twitter, Oldham were very much um, mentally on the beach already, weren't they? Um, that said, they they passed the ball quite nicely when they were motivated, and especially in the second half, they missed some absolute howlers. So that every time we went forwards, there was a chance of a goal. And I, I, it's been a while since we've been able to say that about a Millwall side. Yeah, I was just trying to think. Actually, it was, probably was the last time we got promoted or the first season up, wasn't it? Probably. We did look dangerous every every time we went forward. Um, I think the the weight of um, pressure on the game yesterday was lifted considerably by the early goal, Byron Webster's early um, early goal in the fifth minute, and I think thereafter, no, there was an oddly um, end of season kind of feel to the whole the whole thing, wasn't it? That's a good way to describe it. It felt like an end of season game rather a, a game that was required for a playoff place. It was yeah, it was very strange. But you know, we ma- we managed to make it lively ourselves, didn't we? we managed to. Uh, the crowd managed to get it lively with... Uh... It's a good crowd. Good crowd and good voice as well. 12,000, um, you know, it's been a while since we've seen the den that full for obvious reasons, I suppose since the championship days, really. Um, and I, I, I felt it was, it, was an, it was an interesting um, mixture, I felt, because Oldham were... Um, they weren't a great side, but you could see that potentially, like a few uh, of the recent opponents we've had, they can pass the ball, and they, they actually created danger. I, I'm a little bit concerned, Glenn. I think this is probably what I'm, I'm, I'm bobbing around here, that our defence at times looks a little bit open, because we're going into playoff football now, and it's going to be a different gravy in the playoffs, isn't it? We can't afford to be that open in defence, as we've allowed at times recent opponents. Yeah, I'd say that, you know, I don't think that that was overly a problem until the second half, where I feel like they started going to sleep. I mean, I remember tweeting that, you know, I know we're 3-0 up, but if I was Harris, I'd be going berserk without yeah. the max they got. And then about 30 seconds later, Harris got the the ball and absolutely went ballistic at him and threw it on the ground, which got a bit of a wave from the away fans. But uh, yeah, I think that sort of showed that, you know, he, he was getting wound up with them being a bit more relaxed. I mean, to be fair, right now, I might have been relaxed with the with the amount of uh, shots they on target and missed from you know a yard out. So, perhaps the tenth of us thought, "What's the point?" <laughs> I mean, the, the, the Oldham didn't look like a side 
that um, cared overly much. They didn't. I mean, one or two of their players looked like they cared more about getting the pies and chips in on the on the um, on the route home. I mean, one, the number seven particularly took a bit of um, bit of flack for being fat, and um, you know, often from blokes equally as fat, incidentally. But, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, but we're not paid, you know, under no. So it was it was an odd an, an odd game in in some ways. I suppose the storyline for me yesterday obviously was the two goals from. Byron Webster, and then he almost got a hat trick in the second half, didn't he? There was an yeah. opportunity to make it three. I think Byron is. I know that yesterday was Player of the Season Day, and we'll come on to that in in due course. But I, I want to pick out Byron um, here, Glenn, because earlier in the season, I, I'll put my hand up. I was quite harsh on him. I didn't think he was. I didn't think he had the, um, you know, the the the, the, the qualities required. <laughs> yeah, but he's proven me wrong. He's proven a good few of us wrong, and I'm very glad to be proven wrong because I, I take my hat off to him. I think he's come along leaps and bounds, and that was a performance yesterday from him, an attacking performance. Yeah, I think I said um, before, I mean, a lot of us criticised him, uh, maybe a hangover from when Holloway was still in charge as well. But, you know, we've seen quite a few players, Harris has turned around. But uh, I, just, I just specifically remember that it was Peterborough away where... Uh, even though we lost, like Webster looked a different gravy. Like he, yeah. all of a sudden, like he was giving it um, a bit of a go, and then after that, you know, it's a different player. Well, he seems to have he seems to be enjoying himself. I've just been reading on on the House of Fun. Um, Jay Jay's on there saying how you know um, he seems to get us. Last week up at Berry, I was up there, and at the end of the game, after the teams had cleared, he came out um, for the warm down on the pitch, and he actually came over into the stand where the Millwall fans were gathered for some mm-hmm. pictures with a, a um, some uh, kids in the, maybe he knew the family or something. Um, and yesterday, he seemed to be actually enjoying himself. There, I think there was another post where he uh, he made an effort to go over to see David Hay for um, you know a, a, a picture with David Hay. He seems to be enjoying his football at the Den, and that's that's a huge step forwards for the boy in his career. I, I, it's fantastic to see. Yeah, I mean, it's hard as well. I mean, we we you know he got picked up when we were not doing so great. We were basically you know on the way to relegation, and then you know bad start to the season. So yeah. It's a bit like the kids, you know, a lot of times we bring the kids in when we're not doing well when we think all these kids aren't good enough. Uh, But then you look at it now, when you bring the youngsters through, when things are going well, it gives them the confidence to to express themselves. You know, Ben Thompson may not have been as a bright spark if he was brought in during a relegation battle when the rest of the team is negative. So, you know, when you've got positive positivity running through the, the fans and the team, I think it can help you with your football for sure. And we've got a quote here from Neil Harris after the game. Neil says uh, to John Kelly of News at Den, um, we've got players with good quality, quality delivery, scoring more goals from set pieces. That was something we had to address. And Byron, I think, is now being used as an attacking threat and these, these balls into the box. He's a big boy. Um, you know, scored twice yesterday from from similar situations. Yeah, and he's he's almost becoming a John Terry esque, you know, attacking threat. Minus the uh, the sense of unease around your wives and girlfriends. You know, um, he's. I, I think he's a real asset to the team. I just want to. I think in the, as it's the weekend of the player of the season, we we've, we all know Jordan Archer. We saw um, what he can do yesterday as well. And Lee Gregory. There's that's another story. Um, we'll come on to Steve Morrison, but I just think it is worth mentioning Byron because I, I think it's a fantastic journey the boy's been on and there still seems to be some way to go for him. So hats off to Byron Webster, in my opinion. So, yeah, um, a 3 0 win, cements playoff football, um, which is a fantastic achievement in itself, Glenn, isn't it? I mean, who'd, who'd have thought that back in August? I, I think so, and I think anyone who, who says, oh, we should have been automatic or we should have gone straight back up is living in La La Land. Yeah. 
when, when have we ever come down and gone straight back up again? I, I, we haven't ever in, in my time going anyway, 20 odd years. So, you know, both times, you know, it's, it's, it's been poor. We, we've had bad managers. We, we get stuck in the low, in the division about two, three seasons before we even get a sniff of, yeah, you know, the top half. So to do it first, to get in the playoffs first time round with an, with a first time manager, yeah. uh, with a team that, you know, basically made up of peanuts. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's incredible, I think. So I think it's one. I mean, I, I'm weary of going over the top on these things. I'm, I'm, I stretch back a long way in my Mill career, but I'm trying to think. There've been better achievements from Mill, clearly, but this is one of the best achievements, and I think that's a fantastic thing to say for Neil Harris in his first season of management. You know, clearly um, the playoffs. Well, there's an element of lottery to them. We, we don't know how it's going to work out, and. <laughs> You know, who knows what will, what will become of us. But the the achievement from relegation from a, with a team in a club bereft of um, self-confidence, thanks to various uh, managerial choices, to have turned it around in this way, I, I, I think it's one of the Millwall stories ever because, um, you know, I, I would have said mid-table respectability, many others around me, sages around yeah. me would have said the same. And to be in the frame at the end of the season, third is, you know, is, is a possibility, depending on Walsall v, v. Fleetwood tomorrow. Mm. Massive achievement, absolutely massive achievement. That's well, a... I, I, would, I would go as far as to say, and, you know, if you go on the situation and, you know, as a situational yeah. um, viewpoint, if we got up in the play, if we got promoted in the playoffs, it'd be one of the greatest achievements our club has ever... I agree, ever yeah, I agree. Yeah. For the, the circumstances that we've been in, I mean, to finish where we have now, as we've just said, is, is in itself one of the achievements of Mill history, one of them. And, well, if we can get through the playoff uh, lottery, then, yes, I'd I, I put it up there in the very... Uh, in the top, um, certainly top five, top three, top four, maybe, I don't know. Um, I mean, just... Uh, but, uh, Another quality, I just want to pick out another quote while we're talking here, uh, Glenn. Um, Harris said to Kelly again yesterday, we've got a bond now between the fans and the, and the players, and we have to build on that. And that, is, that was in shreds under Holloway and under Lomas, and that is back now, isn't it? I think um, I think it might have been on, one of the, on the podcast before I said that uh, when, when the fans and the players are you know, working together, uh, we're, we're pretty much unstoppable. I mean, you saw it a little bit yesterday when they started winding up that Gerard. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know the fans. Were, the fans were distracting their players, and the players were just uh, lapping up and, and joining in. Really, uh, you know, I think that's where Morrison has been my favourite. Morrison, I think, with, with the, since he's been at the club, is you know he's he's. I always thought beforehand in the last couple of times he was with us, he never really got us. No. You know, no. he scored the goals, but I don't think he under he got the club. And this time, it's just like he's he's loving winding people up and getting involved. And um, you know, I think he's enjoying himself for the first time, possibly in his career. I don't know. Yes, we'll ask him, but it looks like he's having a, a whale of a time. There, there were some players, and I think we might have said it on previous shows. I, I think I might have written an article about it in the magazine. But it, and it's this is an odd an odd Millwall thing. Some players, whether they like it or not, this is their spiritual home, whether they want it or mm. not. And I think at times, Steve, in the past, maybe didn't want this to be his spiritual home. I think he wanted it to be a starting point and a platform, certainly. But to move on elsewhere, um, he went to the Premier League with Norwich at the time. He's gone to Leeds, where it never happened for him. And there have been other players in, in the past where their best football and their best days are actually at Millwall and they never realised it until afterwards. I think Steve is starting to realise that this 
is the theatre for him and this is the platform for him and this is where he truly belongs and it's it's an interesting thing to watch unfold, isn't it? Yeah, it's especially unusual to see a player come back, you know, for a third time and still be, you know, it's, it's just, I think it's just meant to be. Just, you know, if you, I think, was it Darren Ward was another one like that, wasn't he? Yeah. For me, he sort of went away and, and did nothing and... I'd pick Tony, out um, Tony Craig as well. Yeah. You know, he went off to Palace, and you could even pick out Zach Whitbread, who you know they they they, yep. they play for the Lions. Maybe they don't want to be playing for the Lions. Maybe <laughs> they don't like playing for the Lions. But it turns out afterwards that was their best days because I can't think of much else that Zach Whitbread has, has done or gone with places he's gone to where he had the same intensity of experience. And it's 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 an interesting thing. Um, players that leave the den don't get the same vibe. I was I was talking to um, Denzel um, last week up at, at, at Berry. He was in the crowd, and he commented that the intensity of the Millwall experience is something very very different. You don't get it at places like Norwich and these these leafy little you know nice places, but you don't get the same um, the same quality of, of, of footballing experience there. It's, it's, and I think Steve has come to realise that. Yeah, it's always you know it's the famous quote from Tim Cale, isn't it? That if you can't play at Millwall then you, you can't play football at all. No. So, uh, it is a bit like that. You know, sometimes, you know, maybe we think too much of ourselves, but, you know, the evidence apparently is there that it's it's an actual thing, you know, where we like to take the mickey with Harry Kane, but he said if it wasn't for his experience here, then yeah, he wouldn't be the same. You know, this, and, I, and I think it is, you know, it's what attracted me to the club. You know, I didn't know about the reputation and there was, there was something different about it and that's why I, I started going along. There is something different about it. There is a buzz. There is an electricity for a small club, I and mean, you know we, we we have to. <laughs> we can't deny that we are a small club. We have a huge impact, way beyond the relative size of a, of, of Mill as a football club. And and there is an intensity to the experience of following it. That's what we all latch on to. That's that's the addiction that we've all got. Um, another strike I want to mention. To get your take on, and I'm I'm picking up a a post on the on the house of fun here by Jason. And he's headlined it the the, the O'Brien Quandary, which sounds like a Robert Ludlum model, like um, novel, like like the Lud, uh, the Born Identity, <laughs> the O'Brien Quandary. Um, so Aidan O'Brien playing as a central striker now, wherever mm. everyone wants him to play, and yet Jason says he is very ineffective. He has got the odd flick, a bit of techers. I don't know what techers is. I might have to have that explained to me late in the second half. But that's about it. Don't want to knock any of our players, but hopefully we can get Lee Gregory back asap. I, I know what Jason's meaning there because he doesn't look um, he doesn't look comfortable in the central striking role, and yet he doesn't look comfortable on the wing. And you start to wonder with Aiden whether there's a danger he might not look comfortable in any particular role, but yet be a talent. It's a, it's, it's going to be an odd mixture, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it must be hard as well. I mean he, he got dropped, you know, sort of out of maybe not out of nowhere, but you know he, he did get he get dropped, and he's a young lad. You know, maybe his head dropped a little bit and. But he has been given a couple, you know, the last few games to sort of grab his spot as such. And I don't think he's been, like, completely useless. He just isn't very noticeable uh, the same way as, you know, you see Lee Gregory. And, I mean, you know, people got on his back, um, you know, Gregory, for, for the amount of misses and stuff he, he had or whatever. But it's like but he was always there. And that's what I think the difference is. You know, Gregory has that sort of nose for knowing where to be, when where the ball's coming and... Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe Aid that will come to Aiden. He's you know he's still was he twenty one twenty. He's young. He's young. <clears throat> I mean, he doesn't. I think Gregory brings a physical presence which um, 
Aiden is a different kind of player. He doesn't bring that kind of. Uh, Gregory's a strong boy on the ball, back to, back to goal. He's, I, I can imagine he's going to be a hard bloke to push off that ball. Um, O'Brien doesn't yet have, or he doesn't have that quality, in my opinion. He has quickness and speed, speed of thought, actually. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, in some ways, of a Thierry Henry. I know that's high praise, and you know, but it's that style of player where speed and movement is going to be where the key lies for him. Um, he doesn't have Morrison's experience and ability to find space where others won't find it. I just think he's looking at he's, he's a he's a striker in search of a role at the moment for us, and um, he's, he's not a winger either. I don't I don't like him played on the wing. So yeah, he's a sort of person I could see, you know, getting a role in in the midfield as a sort of Alex Ray type who who sort of yeah possibly and, and passes. You know, maybe um, maybe those few goals in in a short space of time, everyone's expectations raised too highly on him. Yeah, so you know he had, he had a nice little run, but you know so did Greg Berry once upon a time. So yeah, they might say they were their striker and that's what they've trained to be, but you whack them somewhere else and suddenly they're a different player. So. He came on the other week, didn't he? And he was uh, he was a substitute. Um, I think when Gregory came out of a um, game, I can't remember which one it was now. A few weeks back. And he came in, he almost had a free role to go anywhere and do what he liked, pretty much. I'm sure it wasn't, you know, phrased in quite those terms to him, but that's effectively how he played. And I thought that was, that was Aidan O'Brien at his best. He did look effective. He went anywhere, he, was, he, he made the flicks and the moves, which, mm. he's, which he's got in spades. And that's where he looked dangerous. Whether a team, whether Millwall or any other team for that matter would accommodate um, the free role, generally reserved for the likes of, um, I don't know, Johan Cruyff in the past. <laughs> I don't know, do you? I mean, it doesn't fit into the modern the modern framework of the of the game. It's, it's, a, it's a strange one. But, you know, again, like, you know, he did create one of the goals yesterday, so... He did? Yeah. Um, no, I'm not knocking him. I just, I just think he's he, he could be better employed. I'm just not sure what what that role is at the moment. So um, we all hope that the, o- the O'Brien quandary, the Robert Ludlam novel, um, does indeed have a happy happy ending because he's a very talented player. Uh, we'll, we'll see as well. He's one of those players as well that, you know, probably end up dropping off our radar and gets signed up somewhere else and then goes on to score hundreds of goals as is <coughs> the Millwall way. But, yeah. you know, uh, maybe he's at the minute as well. He's a bit too nice for... for yeah, I think you're right. He needs to. Uh, he needs to. He needs to nasty up a little bit. Then he needs to go to. Yeah. Uh, needs to go to Harris School. Get the yeah. get the get the Harris lessons in there. Um, end of end of the match. A few kids ran on the pitch. I don't get very hung up on that. It, it wasn't that major an event really. But the Twitter goes into a meltdown. I'm just looking at a couple of um, Oldham Athletic tweets here about. How uh, much longer before Mill get reported or put into the, into the dock of public opinion? I think we've we've been condemned to the <laughs> public opinion for donkey's years. I don't think we can get any any further down in public reputation. I was a little bit concerned about Jordan Archer at one point, though, Glenn. I don't know if if you um, caught there was a bit of a bundle in in, in his goal, and um, that's the only thing that bothered me about the whole thing: the fact that you got a load of fans surrounding one of our players. You don't want to get him injured or anything of that kind. No, no, I mean, there was a few things, just, I mean, not the, the, the pitch invasion thing, we you know, some of our own fans as well, it's like, all oh, these day trippers, blah, blah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's a bunch of kids. Who, who it like, is a bunch of kids, and, yeah. And having a, you know, let yeah. them, like, do, like, cartwheels and stuff on the pitch, it doesn't really... Yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, I don't get lap of honours. You know, I've, I've seen the players. I couldn't give a shit, actually. Yeah. I, I left, you know, <laughs> I, I, I left, I wasn't interested. But, you know, some people like that kind of thing, don't they? 
yeah, well, you know, I don't understand it. You've seen them, you know, 23 own games already. <laughs> to walk, see, walk around a pitch and, you know, save that lap of honour for Wembley. If you're... But, and there's football still to be played. That's what, <laughs> that's what I didn't get with the whole, the players will come back out thing. It's, we're in the playoffs. That that win assured the playoff, um, yeah. playoff football. This, this, this is yet to unfold. But anyway, that's that's what. Yeah, well, I mean, there's was a couple of other things as well. I mean, I said as well they should. In fact, I think I said it live on on me Periscope thing that I was yeah. doing. But yeah. I said they should sub that Gerard because if if people run on the pitch, a couple of people would probably go after him. Yeah. Um. You know, he, he reaped what he sowed. Really, he mouthed off the crowd. Yeah, um, um, and, and offered them out. So you know, well, he you know. did. Yeah, um, silly boy. I mean, it, I remember years ago, McAteer, Jason McAteer, in a similar kind of uh, situation, a semi-final. But he was substituted, and they they got him out of the picture. And I think that's what um, you know, Oldham's management should have done because the game was lost from their point of view. And, and Gerard, Anthony Gerard, Stephen's cousin, could only do bad, really, couldn't he, from there onwards? And and uh, when people are running on a pitch, yes, you will get um, you'll get silliness. Yeah, yeah, Ben. Uh, yeah, and uh, the referee. I mean, like you know, at the end of the day, it should have you know it should have happened with, with you know. But that's how it is, really, isn't it? But it's it's other thing as well. Like you know, the referee shouldn't have just blown up. He should have sort of indicated like get ready to leg it. Yeah, yeah, three 0 um, Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, but you know, <clears throat> the, the the complete meltdown on on Twitter and social media is just hilarious. So uh, apparently, like we're the only football club club ever to have a end of season pitch invasion or um, uh, no, you know if, if a team gets promoted you know all the fans or they survive relegation they run the pitch and and whatnot and then that's considered oh you know the fans are delighted but you know with Millwitz oh they you know they've come to axe murder your, your wife and kids but... well we lurch from being neither scary anymore or not famous anymore into being like the um you know the, the scum of the earth don't we i mean we, i always think you can't have it both ways but people do want it both ways it's it's a pantomime villain um role that we play in football and if we didn't exist yeah. glenn yeah. they'd have to invent us mate so well, that's the thing isn't it they say oh you know you've got to stop living off your reputation but that's what the media <laughs> off is our is our path so how you ever you can never move forward if everyone keeps Get your pass, can you? So no. there we go. There we are. That's that's so it's all part of part and parcel of being a Millwall fan. It's all it's part sometimes a bit annoying, but at the same time, absolutely hilarious. So very, very, very true, mate. Now, how playoff football to, to come? You got any preferences as to who you'd um, like to face over two legs? Um, I know everyone says, Oh, I hope we don't get Bradford, but at this point, I'm like, Do you know what? Let's just get the bastards and yeah, uh, we owe them one. You know, I don't want them to be our, our new Wigan. You know, we just, Wigan just seem to be no, a fear factor. I mean, um, Walsall play Fleetwood tomorrow. Fleetwood need points. They're down in the relegation zone. I think if they can get a win, then I think that keeps them up. So there's there's something in it for Fleetwood at least. I would expect Walsall to beat them tomorrow. That will put them into third place, leaving us fourth um, with Bradford one point behind us. So the likelihood is that either we'll either have Bradford away first or <clears throat> we'll be at home to Bradford first, whichever way around we we finish. I, I I don't personally care. I think you've got to face all these teams at some point if you want to expect to win the, yeah. the playoff the tournament. Thing, isn't it? We say, oh, we, we, oh, we don't want Bradford because we want to, want to go up, but then we're going to be in championship football and playing better teams than Bradford week in, week out. So... If we can't beat Bradford, then maybe you know we're not ready for championship. Then are we? So totally. I mean, there's an outside chance we might be facing um, Barnsley or, or Scunthorpe. I mean, I, 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 Walsall's a possibility, but uh, yeah, Gillingham can still get in there as well. I think Gillingham can creep in with a win next week. So the, the you know um, a so win definitely incentive to win next week. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them out. 
But no, I mean, I, I make you right. I think whoever we get um, home foot leg first, away leg first, it shouldn't make any difference. We've no, no. We, and we've and we've proven that as well. You know, the, the, the two times we made a final, we we're you know, I mean, we played Leeds away, allegedly one of the most feared yeah feared grounds. Yeah, in the country, and and we took the piss, and then um, you know we we won our second leg against Huddersfield, so we we've proven that we can we can do it, and that's what I said. Maybe I think I think that fear factor of the playoffs has, has gone really now that we've won it. Yeah, uh, you know the, the oh god, we're in the playoffs, we're going to get you know beaten six 0 by Derby or whatever. Uh, that that's gone now. It's uh, well. You know, we've got a chance here. So. Well, I think the unexpected nature of the season, none of us expected to be in the playoffs at the end of it, and the the, the fact that it's now come to pass means it's a bonus, it's a happy outcome for a season that many of us wouldn't have wouldn't have thought would have been there. So whatever come, becomes of us in the playoffs, it can only be good stuff. It's certainly, you know, even even League One next season, as, as, as I think we said on last week's show, is not looking such a bad prospect with some of the teams coming up and down into it. It's not going to be quite so northern, so hopefully we can get through the playoffs back to the championship which would be fantastic but league one is not such a bad deal if we do stay yeah yeah and at least we're guaranteed six points for charlton coming down so <laughs> it's a good start to the season isn't it but uh you know i think i think i know a lot of people you know maybe it's because we've all seen it you know a lot of us have seen it all before but this has actually been quite a fun season because it was it's like you know old millwall you know the the team played yeah like we've got a millwall team and the fans have been um, back to being hilarious and, and taking the piss out of everywhere we go. Yeah. So it's, it's it's been quite fun. I think, you know, I wouldn't want to stay any more than two seasons. If we don't make it this year, I think we need to... No, we need to press on, that's for sure. We need to press sure. on next season. But, um, you know, this this one, I'll say, was probably the, the Brucey bonus. Well, I think it was a year ago, Neil stood up at the player dinner, end of season dinner last year, and promised words to the effect of our meal will be given back to us. And as you've just said rightly there, Glenn... We do have our mill back, and that's all most of us ever wanted, really. But I, I make you right. I mean, um, we don't want to be sitting around in the third division for too long. But there's a chance we can get up this season, and uh, let's let's keep our fingers crossed. Um, the championship needs us, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, f- football needs us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it David Ford said, "Wasn't it? Yeah, the Premiership needs me because it's so bloody boring there." So there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One day, one day we'll we'll go up there and upset everyone. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Really appreciate your time, Glenn. Thanks for coming on the show, mate. No worries. Good no to have you back. Wish you well for the summer. I'll talk to you next season. Yep, see you. Whichever league win. <laughs> A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.